Hey everybody, welcome back to the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how you can bring your creative career to life. My name's Adam, and this week with me is Cole. Hey Adam, how are you? I'm doing well, and this week we're going to talk about the second aspect of this four-part series that we've been doing about how to thrive as a person and as an artist, and that aspect is emotional maturity. That's right. Last week we talked about physical health and how that helps us kind of move into a place of thriving as artists and as humans. And we're kind of moving to the next thing. We talked about cultivating ourselves physically. Now we're talking about cultivating ourselves emotionally. And why is that important for the artist? Well, first of all, understanding our emotions can help inform how we work, what we make. Um, obviously, having a rich emotional life is healthy for us and helpful for us as artists. Um, so much of what we do, so much of what we make is born from a place of firsthand experience and feeling. But at times, we can also be kind of overrun by those emotional experiences. And rather than allowing our emotions to sit in a place that is helpful for us as artists, sometimes they become immobilizing and they prevent us from making the work that it is that we want to make. Yeah, that's definitely true. And it's definitely important to keep a level head when you're trying to work on art and being an artist. And ultimately, if we develop a level of emotional maturity, it helps us create some consistency in our work rather than swinging back and forth of making and not making based on how we feel or don't feel. It allows us to establish a level of consistency. And a third reason it's important for us as artists and as humans to develop some emotional maturity is just being in control, not from a negative place of needing to control everything about the world and about our lives, but more from a place of steadiness that we approach life and our creative process from a place of emotional centeredness, rather than having this thing that almost feels like an external force constantly controlling us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. So let's talk about this kind of four components of what I would consider emotional maturity. And I'll tell you what the four are, and then we'll come back and talk about each of them at one, one at a time. First of all, emotional vocabulary, and then connecting the words of our emotions to the things that we're feeling, and then understanding why we feel the way we feel. And lastly, processing what we should or should not do about how we feel. So first of all, emotional vocabulary. You know, I think if you ask most people, they have a few words to describe emotions. They'll probably say, yeah, happy, sad, and confused. And oftentimes when we talk to one another about how we feel, confused is a word that comes up a lot. And I think that comes from this very foundational idea of having an emotional vocabulary, having the words to express how we feel. And having that emotional vocabulary gives us some level of confidence to even approach our emotions. I think about like math, not to make emotions like math, but let's make emotions like math for a second. If your understanding of algebraic uh, vocabulary and how the system works, it gives you some level of confidence to approach uh, an algebra problem. But if all you know is addition and subtraction, an algebra problem is going to probably feel a little bit overwhelming. And so when we develop an emotional vocabulary, it gives us some level of confidence to approach our emotions. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, there's been times where I've been feeling upset or just generally mad. And I think taking some time to just ponder, like, what is it that I'm really feeling and what is making it that way? Hmm. Then you can actually communicate clearly, like, hey, this is what uh, I was feeling and this is why that is. And you can decide whether or not that's something you need to bring up with other people or if it's something that you need to work on within yourself. And just having clear communication starts with understanding why you're upset. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I was having a pretty significant issue with a friend that I really loved and cared about. And uh, a lot of our problems and our inability to move toward a solution hinged on this very basic idea of not even being able to talk about the problem because we didn't necessarily even have words to express um, the things that we were feeling because we didn't have a rich emotional vocabulary. And I think had we had that and had we had that common vocabulary, it would have given us the ability to navigate that a little bit better. After we develop that emotional vocabulary, the next piece of the work is connecting those words to the things that we're feeling. And so, you know, it's moving from the abstract, the idea of like having words to describe emotions to the very real and practical of being able to apply those words to the things that we're actually feeling inside. I think sometimes we might feel um, like you just word, use the word mad. We could actually be mad and interpret that as some sort of sadness. Um, or we could be sad and interpret it as some sort of anger. And a lot of those things kind of go hand in hand, which is, I think, one of the reasons that we really do need to have a rich emotional vocabulary and the ability to attach those words to the things that we're feeling inside. Once we have that vocabulary and the ability to define the things that we're feeling inside accurately, we can move on to this next piece, which is understanding why we feel the way we feel. Because the circumstances around us actually affect how we feel. The circumstances of our lives affect how we feel. And there's all of these things that are stirring up emotion inside of us. And once we develop an emotional vocabulary and can identify the things that we're feeling accurately, we can move on to the next part of that, which is being able to understand why we feel what we feel. And until we understand why we feel what we feel, those things will control us. We will feel like a victim to our emotions. But when we understand why, we're able to begin curating our lives differently. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, This kind of reminds me of something, at least for me, I've been producing musicians for a long time. And there have been times where I've had artists that I produce and I start to feel like they're being like wishy-washy and changing their minds about a lot of things. And I started to resent them for that. Mm And then when I did like a deep dive into talking to some of them about why it is that they were behaving that way, it actually came from a place of insecurity from them where they were like, I'm nervous about putting out music or this certain music that we're making is like out of the box for me. And so when I start to approach it from that lens of maybe they're being that way because they're insecure, you kind of stop yourself from resenting them for it and you start to like empathize with them instead and i feel like just shifting the way that you even just engage with other people can help yeah a story for me when it comes to this idea of understanding why i feel the way i feel i was noticing that for a lot of my life in a lot of situations i would become pretty aggressive in in those situations 
And so I started analyzing, okay, what am I actually feeling and why am I feeling that way? Why is this behavior of aggression coming out of me? And as I began to understand more about what I was feeling, a lot of that aggression was sitting on top of fear. And that fear was related to people asking me about my sexuality. And my way of coping with that fear was to go into a room, act aggressively, control what was happening in the room, be able to control what the conversation was and where it was going. And if I could just be in control of this situation through my aggression, then I could steer the conversation in the directions I wanted to steer it and away from the directions that I didn't want it to go. And the ability to understand that gave me then the ability to deal with my behavior because I understood what I was feeling and why I was feeling it. And then the highest level of all of this, after we understand the words and how those words apply to the things that we're feeling and understanding why we feel the way we feel, that leads us to processing what we should or should not do about how we feel. And I do think that this is kind of one of the higher levels of emotional maturity, and it's certainly not easy, uh, but it puts us in the driver's seat of our lives. And we don't have to be afraid of our emotional experiences. We don't have to be afraid of our emotions. We don't have to fear that we'll become overtaken at any particular moment by some unknown thing that bubbles up inside of us. Rather, we move into a place of working with our emotions instead of being controlled by them. And it's not the opposite of being controlled by our emotions. It's not being in control all the time and living this life of like perfect emotional centeredness and security at all times, because that can honestly become another coping mechanism for not dealing with our emotions. What we want to do is be constantly connected to how we feel being able to understand how we feel and why we feel that way, and then being able to navigate what we should do about it. It's not about removing our emotional experiences from our lives. It's about actually being more connected to our emotional lives so that we can move through life with a deep level of connectedness. And the more connected we are to our emotions, I think, honestly, the richer our lives become because we're no longer subject to them. Rather, we're working in tandem with them. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I think one way that you can apply that to a collaboration or to a client-artist relationship is knowing what is the cause of your emotions and knowing why you're feeling a certain way because you don't want to bring that into that relationship. Mm. Like if you had a hard day and you're kind of teetering on the edge there of like, maybe I'm going to snap, maybe I'm going to have a tantrum, whatever it is, or need a good cry, maybe, <laughs> you know, communicate with people and figure out why it is that you're feeling like that way. Because if we've all been in situations where somebody might have snapped at us and then later they come back and say, hey, sorry, I snapped at you. Uh, what you did actually wasn't even the thing that was bothering me. Mm. It was something else that happened yesterday. Yeah. And I've just been holding on to it. And then I lashed out at you. And, you know, if I'm going to choose to work with someone that's going to do that for someone who maybe comes into the room and says, hey, I'm going to be level with you guys. I'm having a rough day today. So, you know, it is what it is. But I just figured I'd let you know, like communicating that to someone ahead of time and talking about it could be good or you can deal with it on your own time. But, you know, bottling it up and then snapping at someone else 
it's just going to make it harder for people to work with you. And, you know, it's just not a healthy way to deal with it and taking yeah. things out on other people. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I, I really appreciate that a lot of my life right now and the circumstances I find myself in and the people I found myself sur- surrounded by are increasingly people who have a, a deeper level of emotional maturity. And it really brings a level of um, deep satisfaction because we're constantly connected. And I think that when we don't navigate our lives toward a place of increasing emotional maturity, we are unable to connect with other people. And at the end of the day, connectedness is, in my opinion, one of the things that makes life good or not good. If we're connected to ourselves, life is better. If we're connected to the people around us, life is better. If we're connected to our work, life is better. And um, it's, it's just richer and it's less dramatic. And I think we move from this place of either being disconnected from our emotions or living in a hyper emotional state where we're just constantly surrounded by drama and messiness to a really healthy center where we are connected to our emotions. We understand them. We're able to interact with and react to people from a level of centeredness and maturity. And it just moves us into a place where we can increase our connectedness to our work, the joy of our work, the consistency of our work. And it moves us into, I just think, a better place in life. So that's why I love the concept of emotional maturity. Yeah. And it's one of those things that is a process always. And it's not like there's some magic word that you can say and all of a sudden you're emotionally mature, but it is a lot of reflecting on yourself. It is a lot of being vulnerable with other Mm -hmm. people, talking things out. You know, I'll have recording sessions where the first hour ends up someone spills their guts about, you know, something that's been going on that's bothering them. And we don't even make music for an hour. Mm-hmm. because it's just that conversation. But at the end of that conversation, we're all closer together. We're all making art together and we're relating with that person and we understand where they are. So if it is something where you need to work on being more vulnerable, you know, I think people people realize, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. We're not machines. We're not art robots. And no one's going to hold it against you for having emotions as long as you can you know, talk about them clearly and communicate with each other. Yeah, that's a good way, good place to end, I think. Like some of the the ways that we can move toward emotional maturity, because I think we've spent all, several minutes now talking about what it looks like, but how do we do it? And it's, you know, finding people that we trust and communicating with them. Um, you know, one of the things that through going to counseling that I realized is if I wanted to learn calculus, I would go to like YouTube and watch a video by an expert or I would get a textbook or I would talk to somebody who knows calculus. I wouldn't just try to like sit in a room by myself and hope that someday I understand calculus. Like I think that it's really valuable for us to think about our emotional lives as really complex. And when we approach a complex issue, it's way better to do it with somebody who's an expert. And so if you have, you know, people that are, you you look at them and you say, you know what, I think that they're navigating their emotional, li- emotional lives well, like 
go to them and interact with them and talk to them very plainly and clearly about your desire to become uh, more emotionally mature. Or if those people don't exist in your life, or even if they do, I would really recommend like finding a counselor that you can talk to, somebody that you trust, somebody who is trained in the realm of our emotional lives. That can be really helpful. And also there are ones for artists in a lot of places or for working professionals in the creative industries. So, you know, if whatever your role is in the industry, you might be able to find someone that works with people who do that, especially if you live in a bigger city. Mm -hmm. Like I've heard about, uh, there's one who is a therapist that does all the comedians (laughs) in uh, LA or like there's, you know, music therapists where they help bands and they help creative people like work out some of those kinks so that they can make better music and if you're an artist you know communicate that with your therapist or with your counselor like go in and say yeah this is what i do and this is you know i'm i'm into the arts and i want to express that cool well thanks for hanging out with us and uh we'll see you next week when we're going to talk about rhetoric the ability to listen and communicate until then go and uh live your emotional life We'll see you there.